Great. Um, so I'm going to share real quick a little bit about kind of more about who I am, um, kind of what it looked like for me when I was in college and I led Young Life, um, so that you guys kind of see, and Katie's going to do the same, but more she's going to talk about what it looks like for her now that she's out of college, because um, I think it looks very differently. Um, and so for me, so I went to Miami University, and I led at Northwest High School. Um, I led there for four years through college, and so Northwest is a half-hour drive from Miami, so it's not like it's like five minutes or whatever. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a commitment in itself to drive there. And so while leading, I, uh, I coached football, and so throughout the fall, I would be at Northwest High School five or six days a week on average, um, and with that, I mean, I had to learn how to manage my time, and so I was able to do that. Um, I, I was also involved in a church regularly. I mean, I always went to church on, not always, as much as I could, I went to church on Sundays. I was involved in like a community group through that church, because um, I think it's very important for us as leaders to be invested in a local church. I, uh, I discipled people on campus, as well as got discipled by an older person. Um, so it's not, and so that's just a show that and I had plenty of times to still hang out with friends. I like to work out, so I got to do that a lot, and I never had a job in college. Um, that was just something I never did. Um, in the summers I did, but not during the year. Um, and with all of that, I had to learn, like I said, just kind of what's it look like to be a good planner or good time manager. Um, and one thing I wasn't good at in college is I never wrote anything down. I don't think I ever wrote an assignment down in my life um, until I graduated. And so I never kept a planner. I ne- like, I just remembered stuff and knew where I needed to be, and I prioritized my time. Huh? Don't do that. Yeah. So that is something that we're going to talk about how that was what I did, and that probably wasn't being a good steward of all of my time as much as I thought I was, because I just kind of like, ah, um, I'll figure it out. And um, Katie was very different. She's going to share a little bit about what she did. Yeah, so I'm Katie, Dave's wife. Um, we've been married for, I think, like two years, two and a half years. And when I, we got married, I bought him a planner, and now he writes everything down. Because it's very helpful. Staff and uh, needs to know when his meetings are. Um, but I led in college at Coleraine, which is also a half an hour away from Miami, um, same school district as Northwest. And I didn't do, like, I didn't coach in um, college, but I worked part-time, and, you know, you're in a house full of girls, and you want to be doing well with your major. And I did pretty well academically, um, managed my time, I wrote everything down, and it was, like, pretty easy to manage my time because I didn't have any really, like, big, I wasn't, it was a job where I could work whenever I wanted to, and I didn't coach. I know coaching is a huge time commitment. And Dave did that. But after um, college, when we got married and he went on staff, we moved to Troy. And I worked full-time as a teacher, a first-grade teacher. So now I'm leading as a full-time worker. Um, and the team is just the two of us. It's a startup at Troy, and we have campaigners going. But it's just two of us. So it's really hard um, to manage my time because I'm the only girl leader. And there are tons of girls coming around that I'm like, oh, I want to disciple you. Or they're like, can we have a Bible study? And I'm like, yes, let me try to fit that in on my nights and weekends. Um, so it's been really good for me because um, some of the practical things we have on your papers are things I've learned over the last two years, um, teaching and leading, but also I've learned just from you know being who I am. I'm a very type A person. I like organization. I like to be efficient and productive with my time. Um, and so we're going to share a couple things. We're going to start off with Dave and just our call to surrender our time, what that means it looks like to sacrifice your time. Because uh, as Young Life Leaders, that's what you do. You're missionaries. Uh, especially those of you in college, you could be doing so many other things with your time. I remember sitting in class being like, what do people who don't leave Young Life do? Like, I don't know. Because I would listen to girls and be like, oh, I spent like 10 hours on this project. I was an early childhood education major. So I'm like, how did you spend 10 hours on this project? I barely got this done in like an hour. But you guys sacrifice your time. You give up so much of your lives. And that is our call. That is biblical. Um, Dave's going to go over that. I'm going to go over consequences of not planning. So what happens when we fail to plan. Um, Dave's going to talk about being a good steward of our time. And then the last but not least, I'm going to talk about scheduling a Sabbath and what that looks like and what that means. Because that's a huge part of time management and planning your time. Great. And then at the end of that, we're going to go into kind of like 10 that are on your sheet. More practical, like now that you have the biblical evidence for what we're talking about. Here's kind of like how this could play out in your life now um, in terms of some ideas that we have or challenges. And then at the end, we'll do questions, and then there's another thing 
um, that we might do. Great. So like Katie said, I'm going to talk about our call to surrender our time. Um, and we're going to kind of, I'm going to reference some scripture, but I don't think I'm going to read the whole passages. So you can jot down what we're talking about, um, but you don't have to turn there. And so our call to surrender our time is, I mean, God is a God who plans, and we were created in his image, right? And so God, he's outside of time. Like, we all would agree with that. Um, but since Jesus entered the world, Jesus gave us a great example of what it looks like to live out our life meaningfully um, and what it looks like to plan well. And we see that through what Jesus is doing. And so in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it's when Jesus is um, talking to God and crying out to him, being like, God, like, take away this cup. Like, I, I don't want to drink from this anymore, right? And then in that same verse, it's like, but Lord, like, not my will be done, but yours. <coughs> and so Jesus, who is God, is surrendering his time to the Lord, being like, God, like, this is what I want, but man, it's more about what you want from me. Like, let me glorify you through this. And we see that in the way Jesus did ministry, Right? And so Jesus had a specific purpose and a plan, but at the same time, he was flexible in this plan that he made. And we see how he surrendered that to the Lord. Like when Jesus would do his healings at the pool, like he would heal people on his way to another city. Like I'm sure in his mind, he's like, I'm going to this city. But then he would see someone. He's like, man, like, Lord, like I feel you calling me there. Like I'm going to go and I'm going to heal this guy. Um, He did the same thing when he would raise people from the dead or when the woman at the well. And Jesus did this thing that I think we could learn so much from in terms of when we talk about how busy and overwhelmed sometimes we might be. Like Jesus made a point to make every person seem like they're the most important thing on his mind. Um, That's something that you guys could learn so much from in terms of the way you interact with high schoolers or your friends or whatever or middle schoolers that like, man, when you're with them, make them think that they're all, all that's on your mind and they're that all your time and energy is focused towards. The worst thing we can do is be like, oh, like checking our phone and checking our like, oh, I got to get going. I got to get going. Like I got to, I'm thinking about what's next, but like be present in where you are and be a good steward of that and surrender that to the Lord. And like we're wise to make a plan for how our time will be spent. But at the same time, we have to remember What else the Bible says? Like in Proverbs 16, verse 9, it says, A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. We're called to commit our work to the Lord, but we're not to be a slave to our schedule. Um, And that hopefully will make more sense as we go on. That like, we're telling you guys to plan your time and be very strategic. But like, guys, like let give room for the spirit to move, just like Jesus did. And it's like, God uses our planning and our strategic planning, even if he changes our plan. Like when Paul did ministry, I'm sure he had a specific plan of like, I'm going to preach the gospel to every person before I die, right? But then like, he gets arrested and thrown in jail, and I'm sure that wasn't part of his plan. Like, I don't think Paul wrote in his planner, like, I'm going to get arrested, my mission's going to be canceled. Um, But like, no, he's like, all right, I'm in jail, so now I'm going to let the Lord use me here. And like God still used and blessed that. And Paul surrendered that to the Lord. If Paul was selfish and thinking about, no, it's me and it's my time and my schedule, he probably would have just like never wrote any of those letters and been like, nope, like it's about me and it's about my time. But instead, Paul's like, no, Lord, like it's about you and your plan for me. So I'm surrendering it all to you. And that's the call that we give to you guys and we see throughout this Bible is like we're called to surrender our time to the Lord. Um, and, and follow whatever, wherever he's calling us. Cool. So now that we have talked a little bit about the examples we see in Scripture of surrendering our time to the Lord, I'm going to talk briefly about the consequences of not planning. Uh, before I explain what the consequences are, what I have experienced, what are some things that you guys think? Like, when you don't plan, what happens? Or what, what do you feel like? What generally happens to your schedule or your life? Just shout some things out. Yeah. You end up, like, losing sleep. Yeah, losing sleep is a big one, and that is probably the worst thing for your physical health, but also everything. What else? Anxiety. Anxiety, yes. I don't know who said it, but that was awesome. Like, when you lose um, sleep and when you lack, there's a lack of planning, there's often an anxiety that rises up in you, especially 
Um, those type A personalities of like, I have to get this done, but I don't have time. Yeah. You miss Jesus. Yes, you miss Jesus. I think that is the most important thing is you miss the Holy Spirit moving. You miss Jesus in the presence of other people. Exactly what Dave said. When we're not present, when we're anxious about our assignment that's due tomorrow, that we failed to plan and we failed to do it when we had time last week, we miss Jesus. We're focused on so many other things. I think those are all really great things. Something that I've been thinking a lot about is if you are not managing your time, something or someone else is, which is scary to think about. If you are not managing your time, that means something else or someone else is. It could be a certain relationship if you're dating. It could be, I mean, even a family relationship. If you have a mom or dad that has really high expectations of you need to be at family dinner, I need to see you once a week, they could be managing your time. Your phone could be managing your time. Um, Your ministry even could be managing your time. Um, Your job, if you're working and you're staying at work, you know, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., that could be managing your time. Um, So I think that's the reality that we like to have those days where we wake up and we don't have a plan and it's like, oh, this is kind of nice. Like I have had a few snow days last week and that's how I felt. Like I woke up and I'm like, Dave, what did I do today? And he's like, well, you moved from that couch to the bed and back to the couch. I'm like, I didn't do anything. But we all need those days sometimes. But if that's a daily or weekly occurrence for you, that's a problem. Because we're called to be efficient with our time and we're called to be effective in our ministries. Um, And the reality is that if we aren't managing our time, then something or someone else is. Um, Another thing that when we don't plan, it causes our ability to say no to things that we should. It causes that to shut down. So our lack of planning inhibits our ability to say no to things we should. For example, um, when Dave and I were dating, or even now when we're married, he's on staff. He's gone a lot of nights. If I plan Wednesday night as, you know, I'm going to disciple this girl for school, and then we have a date night. Well, if someone says, hey, are you free Wednesday night? And if I haven't planned that date night, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm free. There's nothing on the schedule. And then Dave gets pushed to the side. And if you're married or dating, that's not okay sometimes. You need to carve out that time with the person that you're married to, dating, engaged to, whatever. Um, same goes for time with Jesus, man. When you, don't lack, like when you don't plan, the most important things to our spiritual health get pushed aside. Meditation on the word, prayer, really good community, rest. All of those things get pushed to the back burner, and that's not okay because the things in front of us will ask a lot of us. And if we cannot say no sometimes, then we're just going to keep saying yes, and we're going to overcommit ourselves, and you are going to be burned out, Um, which is the next point. A lot of times when we don't manage our time, we get burned out or we stop before we should. Um, And this is really cool because Dave's already referenced it. When Jesus was on this earth, He had a plan, and he got really tired sometimes, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, He was in the garden and just praying, like sweating blood, being like, like, God, I don't want this. Like, let this cup pass from me. But he didn't stop early. He finished. I think that is the main thing. We want to finish well. Whether that means you lead for another four years or that means you lead for another 40 years, I don't know what that looks like for you personally, but we want to finish well, and managing our time helps us finish well. Jesus finished on the cross, and not a day early. Even though it was really hard, he didn't finish early. Because if he had finished early, we would still be slaves to sin, and that would suck. Like I don't know about you, but I would be really bummed out if Jesus, the day before he went to the cross, was like, Ah, you know, I don't have time for that. Like, I think I'm just going to hang out and watch Netflix. Like, that would be awful. I would be like, what are you doing? You just sacrificed this for Netflix? Like, but that's what we do with our time sometimes. And I'm guilty of this. Like, I'm not saying Netflix is a sin. I watch Netflix. But if that's managing our time, that's an issue. Um, I think Luke 14 is probably one of the best passages for this. You guys don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it to you. um, Verse 28 through 30. So the context of this passage is Jesus is talking about the cost of being a disciple. Um, I know we probably have all heard this, but he's saying that we have to um, lift up our crosses daily and die to ourselves. Verse 28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish So another thing that's a consequence of not planning, we make a mockery of the gospel. And those are harsh words. But when we don't plan, we don't sit down and think, okay, do I have the time to say yes to this? And we don't. We just have to do it. We make a mockery of the gospel and we don't live out the truth that we believe, that we think we should be fully present and fully there. Because exactly what Dave said, and I want you guys to think about your life. Like, are you 
half doing 20 different things? Or are you all in for maybe five things and you're doing it well? Because I think being all in for those five things is a much better use of your time than being half present in 20 different areas of your life. And I think that's what Jesus, he had to say no to some things, which is hard because especially, I'm a yes person, like I think I want to say yes to everything. But Dave's mom actually told me this, when you say yes to something, you're robbing someone else of that joy. So for example, if someone came and said, hey Katie, can you lead this Bible study for girls at this random church? And I was like, oh yes, but I'm not meant to do it. I don't feel called to do it. I'm robbing you know, someone else. I'm robbing Hannah. I'm robbing someone else of doing that joy, that who she feels called to. So when we say yes to something that the Lord is not calling us to, we're robbing someone else of that joy. And I think that's important for us to hear sometimes, especially for the people in the room that are yes people. Um, the last thing I'm going to talk about is our ministry is going to suffer if we don't manage our time. I think exactly what a few of you said, like, if you don't get sleep, you're not going to be an effective leader. Um, if you're filled with anxiety, you're not going to be an effective leader. And there are times in my life where I've felt that, like, especially around exams where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this all. I have a club talk, you know, I got to get the crosstalk. I got to, you know, have this paper in, but we're trying to reach a world of kids. And there's one of you and probably your team, but there's one of you. If you're not planning your time, you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, you're going to miss where God is calling you to move. And you're going to waste your time doing all these other things that maybe the Lord doesn't want you to do. He wants you to do this one thing really well, but you're saying yes to eight other things. So I think our ministry suffers when we're not planning our time because planning our time involves the Lord. And I hope that's what you guys get. Like when we say managing or planning your time, it's not you making a huge plan without the Lord and like, oh, this is what I'm going to do today. The Lord needs to be a part of that, obviously, and that comes through prayer and meditation, but I think we miss where the Holy Spirit moves, and that's a huge miss on our part, is if we're doing ministry without Jesus, like, what are we doing? Because I think we're just giving ourselves, and we're not giving the Lord, and our ministry is going to suffer. Great. Um, So as we know now the consequences of not planning well, it's like, so what does it mean to be a good steward over time? Right, And so we all, not we, maybe we all don't, I hope that we can all get to the point where we understand that God owns all of our time, right? It's all God's. And it's like, how are we being a good steward of that? And basically, I feel like, how would you define steward? Uh, being put in charge of something and being like smart taking with your responsibility time. Yeah. for it. And, Great. I don't know, I think if like someone gives you a field and you like stay inside and never tend to it or water it or... We'll use those little machines. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. Then you're not a good steward. Yeah. So we're called to be a good steward of our time. And one thing I think some people think, it's like being overly busy, that doesn't mean you're a good steward of your time. And that doesn't mean you manage your time well. Like, it's really easy to just fill your schedule up and be like, oh, I'm so busy. Um, But like, that doesn't mean... It doesn't mean you're being a good steward of your time. Oftentimes, I would say, for many people, especially myself in college, it was probably that I wasn't being a great steward of my time. Um, And so, but like, why does it matter? Like, why do we need to be good stewards of our time? And it matters because we see in James chapter 4, 13 through 15, that James is telling everyone, it's like, we don't know when time is going to end. Like, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when the world's going to be done here, this present world. Um, and so it's like, we need to make the most out of every opportunity we have to share the gospel with people. And we need to make that every, the most out of every opportunity to share the gospel and live it out ourselves. Um, and I think in order to do that, like we have to know what it means to be a good steward and we have to be good stewards of our time. Um, and so in Mark chapter one, verse 32 through 39 Jesus, uh, he's doing a lot of healings and he's driving out demons and stuff in this town. And he's like going to pray and be with the Lord and he comes back and the disciples are like, hey Jesus, like there's all these people still here. Like, come on, we got to do more. We got to do more. Like there's people that still need you. And then Jesus looks at his disciple and he's, he's like, now like my time here is done. Like I need to move on to the next town. And I think sometimes we look at that and we're like, well, Jesus just like gave up on all those people. What the heck? Like, he's needed. Why did he leave? But the reality is, like, man, Jesus could have spent his whole life in one town, but he was a good steward of his time and his and planning it and whatever. And he's like, no, man, I'm trying to reach the whole world. Like, I'm not just focused on this one town. Um, 
And the point of mentioning that, because I know that could be taken like, oh, you're saying we shouldn't stay in one community and lead young life there. Um, and it's like, no, that's not, I don't think that's what the verse is saying. I think the verse is just telling us that like, man, we need to have an open mind and be willing to like not focus just on one thing and be very narrow-minded and not necessarily going where God's calling us to go. Like Jesus felt called to the next town, so he left. Um, and because he, had, he was a good steward of that. Just like some of us understand there's a big need on our campuses, right, for Jesus. Like in your college classes, there's tons of people that don't know Jesus. But we are good stewards of our time, and we understand that we are called sometimes to another place. And that's why, for instance, I left Miami and went and led at Northwest High School, which was also a huge need. Right, So it's like we just need to be good stewards of that and have a prayerful heart into where is God calling us to spend our time. And I, we keep saying this phrase like spend our time or plan our schedule. And the reality within that is like it's not our time. Like it's the Lord's time. And so like how are we spending the Lord's time each day? Because the Lord has given us every day and we need to rejoice in that. And one of my favorite verses um, and just passages in the Bible that talks about what I think what it truly looks like to be a good steward is when um, in Luke chapter 17, verse 33, Katie kind of referenced this. Um, but guys, it's when Jesus is like talking to the disciples and he's telling them all like, you have to pick up your cross daily. And if anyone that wants to follow me, he must deny himself, right? And if you want to gain your life, you must lose it. And so I think this is what it means to be a good steward. It's like, we're called to lose our life, Right? If we're called to the mission of young life, like, we're called to, I mean, we got to go after that with everything we have. And we're called to this ministry and this mission, and we're called to lose our life. So, like, we got to quit comparing ourselves to everyone else and be like, yeah, but, like, my lab partner spends 10 hours in the lab. I only get two hours. Like, it's like, it's not about that. Or it's like, it's not about what your roommates might be doing. It's like, man, you're losing your life. It's about what God is calling you to do and do with your time that you're praying through and being sacrificial through that. Um, and it's like, we got to fully commit and submit to that call that he has on us. Um, and like, we see that all through scripture and the way Paul lives his life and the disciples live their life or whatever, that they are fully committed that that is the most important thing they could do is bring the gospel to those that haven't heard it. And I think if we're in the ministry of Young Life, we would agree that that is the most important thing that we can do with our time, is tell kids that don't know Jesus that he's the one that loves them more than anything in the world. And in order to do that, if we're not being good stewards like Katie talked about, that that's just not going to happen the most effective way. And you're either, one, going to die out quickly, or you're just going to like run off your own power, and then that will lead to not sustaining. Um, so it's all about... like being a good steward of that and understanding that we are called to deny ourselves um, and we're called to submit fully to the call that he has given us. Um, and one of the things, a quote that I got from John Piper that I love, um, I was debating whether or not to give him credit. Um, it's not David, it's John Piper. <laughs> no, it says, that, it says, Jesus planned for our joy, so we ought to plan for his glory. And I think that just, I mean, hits it straight on of, man, Jesus planned for our joy. He had a specific plan, and he lived his life in that way. And we ought to plan our lives for his glory. And I think that means being a good steward of that is the best way to do that. All right, <laughs> um, next up, I'm going to talk about taking a Sabbath and scheduling that. Before I do that, does anyone know what a Sabbath is? Or if anyone... You even heard about what a Sabbath is? It could be like the Jewish Sabbath or Jewish Sabbath. It's okay if you have it, because this is good. A day of rest? Yes, a day of rest. That's definitely a part of it. Does that mean I sleep all day, and then I like get up, watch a little bit of TV, and go back to bed? I'm really lazy. No, <coughs> would be the correct answer. Thank you. <laughs> Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. So rest is not only a physical rest, a spiritual, emotional relational rest. I think this is so important. Um, it was really hard for me in college. I'm a very type A person. And if I feel like I'm not doing something, I feel like, what am I doing? Like I have no purpose in life. So 
we would have days as our house. We'd be like, all right, let's try to take a Sabbath. And I'm like, well, but no, like, I have things to do. Like, I can't just take a whole day to do nothing. And they're like, no, Katie, like, you need to take Sabbath. And so our church um, community group challenged us to take Sabbaths and schedule them in. And it was really hard because some days you have to work really late to get stuff done so you can Sabbath the next day. And I remember being like, oh, I'm going to Sabbath on Sunday. But then I'm like, wait, that means I have to get all my homework done and plan all my talks on Friday and Saturday. And that sucks. Like, Saturday is a day to hang out in my mind. Sunday's your day for homework. But, I mean, you can Sabbath on Saturday. But I was planning on Sabbathing on Sunday. And I'm like, man, I have to stay up. Like, I got back from Coleraine doing contact. We're going to a football game. And I stayed up till like, 1 or 2 doing my homework. And then I spent a little bit of time Saturday before I went back to Coleraine. And then I was able to rest on Sunday. I think the main point of taking a good Sabbath, if you plan well, you will rest well. That has to be the key in resting well. You have to plan well. And sometimes that means sacrificing and doing things you don't want to do. I did not want to stay up writing a paper till 1 a.m. after coming back from a football game, but I knew if I did that, then I could truly rest on Sunday. I know that I really didn't want to spend my Saturday when everyone's hanging out, doing whatever, you know, sleeping in. I had to get up early and get my work done, but it was so that I could rest well on Sunday. Um, I think it's really important because when God created the earth, he created it in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And if God, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, like the infinite being that he is, had to rest on a seventh day, shouldn't we have to rest one day a week? I mean, come on. I'm not God. I'm not even close to God. But if God is resting, we definitely should be resting. Um, something my Bible study leader told me in college that was really convicting. She said, if you're not tired enough to rest one day a week, you're not working hard enough the six days of the week. And I was like, ooh, dive into the heart. Like, you're right. I am resting, like mini rest or wasting my time throughout the week. That, that one day a week, I was like, oh, like whatever, I'm just resting. But we need to be working those six days so that we can rest that seventh day. And every person, it looks different. Um, some people that work on the weekends, you can't take a full day of Sabbath, and that is okay. I think the traditional Jewish um, Sabbath was like sunset to sunset, and they would take it Friday when the sun went down to Saturday when the sun went down. You don't have to do that. Um, I know Dave in college, when, when he coached, he couldn't take a full Saturday or a full Sunday, so he took half days. He said, okay, when I get back from Northwest at noon, I'm going to Sabbath from noon until I go to bed. Um, so if it's a half day for you, that's okay too. It doesn't have to be a full day. Everyone has different schedules. The goal would be to get to a full day. Yes, get to a full day. But, but I understand if you're going to school full time, you have class Monday through Friday, you work on the weekends, that's kind of impossible to take a full day. Um, you got to do what you got to do. But I think that it's important. It's, rest looks different for every person. Um, so if you are a person that likes to be physically active and you like to go out outdoors and hike and connect with the Lord, do that. Um, so, for example, like Dave on a Sabbath would go to work out. I would not work out on my Sabbath because that is work to me. That is not restful. So think about what is restful for you. Um, it does not, again, it does not mean sleeping in, you know, watching TV all day. This is rest in the Lord. Obviously, you can hang out and relax. But I think the main purpose of a Sabbath is to be renewed and refreshed in the Lord and reconnect with him. Um, oftentimes, as Young Life Leaders... We, like, go so hard for so long that we crash at the end of semester sometimes. Like, I remember this in college where I would get to finals week and I would be like a zombie. And then I would go home and I would sleep for, like, three days straight. My mom would be like, are you okay? Like, are you dead? And I'm like, I'm fine. This is my rest. That shouldn't happen. We should be resting weekly so that we can run hard weekly. And I think that's really important that we are smart about planning that into our schedule. And... I hope and trust that you are getting that time management does not mean we have to be these robots that are super productive and super efficient all the time, and I'm going to be affected, and I'm going to be blah, blah, blah. Like, we need to rest. And that was something that was really hard for me because I just didn't want to rest. I pushed against it a lot, but it ended up being really good because when you wake up in the morning and you're like, this is my Sabbath, it, you have a whole new perspective on life. You get to just enjoy things. Um, I just remember, like, going for long walks or going to Houston Woods, which is a park near Miami, and just sitting at a picnic table and just taking in God's nature and be like, oh my gosh, like I need to stop and like smell the roses essentially. Like you need to stop and refresh yourself and be like, this is what life's about. 
I'm going to read to you, um, there's two biblical passages about taking a Sabbath. They're both from the Old Testament. Just because it's in the Old Testament does not mean it doesn't apply to you. So Deuteronomy and Exodus. Um, it's Exodus 20. I'm not going to read that, but I am going to read Deuteronomy 5. If you want to turn there, that's great. If not, it's not a huge deal. It's when God is giving Moses the Ten Commandments. Um, and honestly, it's funny because this is like one of the top three commandments that God, or God gives Moses. I'm going to read starting in verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it shall not you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor the alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. Remember, that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. There's just so much in there. From the very beginning, it says, keep the Sabbath day holy. What do you guys think holy means? Set apart. Yes, absolutely. What else? Focused on God. Focused on God. Absolutely. Is it kind of like elevated? Like if something's holy, it's sacred, it's set apart, it's kind of placed above? Yeah, that is what our day of rest should be. We should keep it holy, keep it pure. When someone comes, if I'm taking Sabbath on Sunday and someone's like, hey, Katie, like you should come and like help us lead our Bible study on Sunday. I should be like, no, I'm resting. You need to keep it holy. That would be being a good steward of your time. Be a good steward of your time and keep your Sabbath holy. (laughs) Keep your Sabbath holy. You don't want it to get filled up with other things. I think that's the most important thing is as Young Life Leaders, we are relational people. We love people really well. But you also need time for just you and Jesus. And you've got to keep that holy. So... Let's say your housemates are like, hey, let's go do this. If that sounds restful to you, then go do it. But if you're like, I'm kind of an introvert. I need to be by myself. Tell them no, and it's okay. Keep it holy. Um, I think it is also interesting that, I guess, you know, back then they had, like, huge groups of people living in one space. And it's like, all right, you should rest. Your maidservant should rest. Your manservant, your animals should rest, which is just kind of funny. Um, But I think verse 15 is a really cool verse. It says, remember you were slaves in Egypt. And I'm like, why, why are they putting this verse in with the Sabbath? And then I'm thinking, okay, well, when we Sabbath, we are remembering that we were slaves to sin. And that God rescued us. He redeemed you. He set you free. I don't know about you, but I go throughout the week forgetting that. Like, there are times where I will get in my car and be like, what am I doing? Like, I feel so in bondage to things. And I will feel so heavy from the day and so, like, worn out and beat up and I'll come home and just cry and be like I don't get this your Sabbath is a day to remind you of who you are your identity in Christ and to refresh you in that so that you can keep going because I have days when I push through those emotions kind of what we're just talking about I stuff them and I'm like oh I'll just cope with it and I end up like <laughs> Dave's seen that I end up just falling apart one day and being like have this huge mess and we want to avoid that at all costs if you can take a daily Sabbath and remind yourself of the gospel, remind you, you preach the gospel yourself, that is huge. I know you do such a great job preaching the gospel to high school and middle school friends, to kids with special needs, to teen moms, to college students, but you need to preach the gospel to yourself. And it needs to be a weekly occurrence where you're sitting before the Lord and your cup is underneath that faucet just being like, all right, Jesus, fill me, because I can't do this on my own. We get beat up throughout the week, and there are things that happen that exactly what they said. Like, remember, you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought you out of that. We need to remember that we were slaves to sin, and the Lord brought us out of that. Like, praise God that he brought us out of that. We're going to keep going if we take a Sabbath and are able to reconnect and, like, refresh with the Lord in that way. Um, The final thing we're going to do before we flip our papers over, we're going to go over ten practical ways to manage your time. We kind of talked about some biblical evidence, um, and some things to help help get you motivated to take some time to plan. Uh, But we have 10 ways. They're on your papers. Pretty self-explanatory. We're going to go through them real quick. Yeah. Day's going to start. Great. Um, So the first one is something that I would have learned a lot from, uh, (laughs) and I have. Um, Buy a planner or something to write down 
how you're going to use your time. Um, and on the back of the sheet, we actually have um, something that we're, we may or may not have time to get to, but something like that where it's like, Literally, you almost write out every half-hour increment or 15 minutes or whatever, and you write down when do you have class. You write down when are you spending time with the Lord. You write down when you're trying to have your meals. You write down if you're working out, if you have work, when you're going to dismissal, when you're going to whatever, when you're planning this or that. And, like, the purpose of doing that is that, like, you can see how your time's being used, you know? And it's like... It just, it helps so much in terms of being an effective uh, ambassador of the gospel. If we're able to use our time well and plan that well. And I think the real only way to do that is by writing it down and keeping a schedule. That way we don't waste blocks of time. It also opens your eyes to where you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do for five hours on Tuesday afternoon when I didn't go to the school? I didn't hang out with anyone. I didn't study. Well, and like um, probably watching Netflix um, but like it shows us how we're using our time you know um, I think also with that like you don't have to buy a physical planner you can also use your phone there's a lot of apps that are helpful um, but I personally love writing things down and you know, the girl I love to like get the little pens that are color coded and Dave always makes fun of me because I'm like purple is young life green is school and he's like you're so weird <laughs> but I color code everything it's great um, so it doesn't even have to be a physical planner it could be something in your phone that you're scheduling in your calendar um, I know my team in college we had like the iCal and we synced all of our like planning for club and campaigners it was super helpful because I would look ahead to like November and I'm like, oh, I have a paper due, you know, that week, but I was at a club talk. So that's going to be, okay, I need to plan that out. Like, I was able to see it in advance. So that might be something for your team um, to kind of use. Number two is carve out time before your week begins to write down commitments, assignments, meetings, etc. So this can be part of your Sabbath. If it's restful for you, if it's not, don't do it on the Sabbath. But you need to take a little bit of time before your week starts, whenever that would be, Sunday, Monday, and write down everything you have. If you have assignments or papers, exams that week, if you have meetings, um, discipleship groups, accountability, whatever it is, write it all out so that you can see where your gaps are and you can also see, oh, okay, like, you know, Wednesday I have a free night or Thursday I'm busy all night so I'm going to have to, you know, do whatever. We do this now and it's super helpful. Like, I even plan meals. I plan when I'm going to work out, which... It's not that often. Um, I also plan, like, when we're going to spend time together. So Dave has his schedule, and I have mine, and I'm like, okay, so if you're going to be gone for committee meeting, that means I can plan something with a girl, and I don't want to be home by myself. So even go with your housemates and try to plan some things together. I think it would be really smart. Yeah. Um, Make goals or a list of what you want to accomplish for the week or the year or whatever. And I think these goals... I'm a huge goal person, and I love making lists of goals or visions or whatever. And it's like, for me, I like to do them in kind of key. I've kind of got some of this from her, too. It's like almost like separate aspects of your life in terms of like, what are my goals for school this year? What are my goals for relationships with housemates or um, friends, community, whatever? What are my goals with leading young life? Um, What are my goals in following Jesus? And it's like you make these goals, and you can either do weekly, or I like to do like weekly goals. I also like to do like monthly goals and yearly goals. Um, and it's so cool because like one, it helps you plan your time when you're like, all right, where am I trying to go? What is my what is my where am I headed? You know, what's the end result do I want? Um, and so it helps you with planning your time, but it also helps us rejoice and give God glory when we see those goals being met. Like if like there's a goal of like, man, I want to. I want to read a commentary on the book of Mark. And so you're like, all right, well, if that's one of my goals, I need to probably figure out how I'm going to commit time to doing that. And then, like, you do it, and you're like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, I just did that goal, and I can cross it off. And the point of that is not to become super legalistic, because you can. And, and I hope, like, with everything we're saying, you understand that, like, not be a slave to your goals or you're a slave to your schedule because you're not going to meet all your goals is the reality. If you meet all of your goals, then you're probably not reaching high enough. Um, and that's, that's my own personal um, opinion that I think is strongly supported by <laughs> people. <laughs> um, with that, so when you make your goals your list, ask someone to hold you accountable to them. So for example, if you're going to try to do a Sabbath on a Saturday or Sunday, ask a housemate 
hey, I'm going to try to rest on Saturday. Will you hold me accountable to that? Some of you, it's not that hard to hold accountable. Like, for me, I'm like, I always wanted to get work done. I'm like, I'll just plan a little. And they're like, Katie, no, put that away. And I'm like, no, like, I have an hour. They're like, it's your Sabbath. Other people, it's like, if you stay in bed all day, they're like, hey, get out of bed and go spend time with Jesus. Like, they need to hold you accountable to that. Tell them ahead of time so that you don't tell them the day of and they're like, oh, I didn't know you were Sabbathing. I would have woken you up four hours ago. Um, So definitely ask someone to hold you accountable to them. It just helps with motivation, but it also helps when we're tempted to let those goals go or that list go. Let's say I have a senior thesis due and I'm like, oh, I want to work on it this week. And I just let it go. That's not being a good steward of my time. And I need someone to say, hey, Katie, have you worked on that? And if I'm like, oh, no, I haven't, then I'm going to be convicted to go and do that. So make sure you're asking someone. It could be a housemate, it could be a teammate, co-leader, um, family member, whatever. Just have someone hold you accountable to them. Yeah. The next one is one that I like um, and I think is very important. Like, man, we need to go to bed. Like, people stay up till like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. They sleep till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, that is insane to me. That that, like... Maybe every once in a while that might be like, um, that might be a good use of your time. Um, But majority, you're wasting time. And you're like, it just drives me crazy. Because it's like people talk so much about, I'm so busy and I have so much going on and whatever. But like, I'm going to stay up and just hang out till four o'clock in the morning. And I'm not going to wake up till noon. It's like, Go to bed and wake up early and, like, start your day. And I think this is something, like, I think this is something you can help as a house encourage each other. Hey, guys, remember how we all stayed up all night doing homework the night before? Maybe we should go to bed tonight so that next time I'm up at 8 o'clock in the morning and I could start my day and I could start spending time in the Word or I could go do stuff and not sleep for 12 hours. Um... There's some people that need a lot of sleep. Um, and, um, but some of you don't. And so part of that is just, I mean, just go to bed and be smart. And I'm not saying, like, oh, don't hang out. But, like, just be smart. And it's not smart to stay up super late every night if you have a lot going on. Um, and I just think there's so much more better stuff we could be doing with our time. Like Dave in college, um, Coach football and so he was gone Friday nights and was gone super late he would get back to his house at what midnight Mm -hmm. and then he had to be back at the high school by 6 a.m. to like go over film and do JV freshman so literally he would go to bed as soon and all of his housemates a lot of them were football coaches they would all go to bed right at midnight when they got home and would wake up at like five because they knew if we hang out we start talking it's not going to be a good day Saturday and that's not being present with the boys on Saturday morning if I'm exhausted and half awake then I'm not you know Servicing yeah. them well, I'm not loving them well, I'm not spreading the gospel. So, go to bed is definitely a huge one. I like a lot of sleep, so it's not an issue for me. <laughs> um, all right, next one. Kill two birds with one stone. See where the areas of your life can intersect or overlap. This is like my favorite. If you don't live in the community where you lead, it's a little bit harder, uh, but it can still be done. So, for example, if you have to run errands or do something that you're like, I'm going to be by myself anyway, take a high school or middle school kid with you. Take a co-leader with you. Take someone with you that you can talk to and live life with and share life with. Um, I took a girl to the DMV one time. Like, that is the most boring place. But I had to get a new license after we got married. And I'm like, hey, Madison, you want to come with me? And she's like, yeah. We waited in line for half an hour and hung out. It was so much fun. I would be by myself hating life at the DMV. Or I could be doing ministry at the DMV with a girl. So definitely see where life can overlap. Um... Dave was really good at making phone calls while driving. If you have Bluetooth, I would suggest that. Obviously, speakerphone, set it down. Make sure you hang. I don't want to promote <laughs> being on your phone while driving. But it is really easy. Like, if you have to make a phone call, and if you have a long commute to and from school, it's like we had a half an hour one way. That was a great time. I would call home and check in with my family. Because I don't want to do that when I got back to my house and want to hang out with my housemates. So definitely do those things. Um, just see where, yeah, plan meals with friends, housemates. Don't eat alone unless you're an introvert and you like that. But if you're an extrovert and you want to hang out with people, plan meals with people, especially housemates and friends. Great. The next one, because we're getting close to where we want to give a tiny bit of time for questions, so we're going to go kind of quick over the next couple. Um, 
Okay, I'm let's do it. Um, <laughs> so while tackling a goal or task on your list, um, put your phone on do not disturb. So basically, just don't be on your phone the whole time um, while you're trying to do stuff. Because I know there's things that I've done that should have taken 15 minutes that I prolong into an hour because I'm texting or looking at random websites or I'm checking if the Bengals signed a new player. Um, and so, yeah, whatever. All right, um, with your list, prioritize what is urgent. Tackle that first. Obviously, if you have a paper due tomorrow, you should probably do that. Um, but then the rest of your list or the rest of your things you have to do, lead with what excites you. If you're excited to do something, if you're excited to play in campaigners for next week, then do that because when you're excited to do something, you're going to be more productive. You're going to do it faster and quicker, but also be it's probably going to come out a little bit better. Just like a paper, when you're feeling the paper, it comes out better than when you're like, I don't know what to write, and I'm just BSing my way through it. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Um, and then Dave's last one. Yeah, be aware and of and limit time on social media or entertainment slash TV. Um, man, we spend so much time glued to a screen or on social media or whatever and Katie and I have Netflix, Hulu, we have it all. Um, we're on, we have all the little, like we're not anti-social media. Um, but we, I am against how much time we waste on it. Um, and how much, we'll talk about how busy we are. We don't have time to do contact, or we don't have time to spend time in the Word. But we have time to watch 10 episodes of Law & Order. Or we have time to do all these other shows. And it's like, man, if we're being truly good stewards and we're truly giving up our life and losing it to honor the Lord... Like, let's do that, and let's put the priorities, prioritize our stuff, like Katie said. Yeah. Something with that, like, be aware of the last 15 minutes of your day and the first 15 minutes of your day. I'm noticing this for myself. Like, I will get into bed intending to go to bed, and then I'll grab my phone and be on it for 20 minutes. And I'm like, what did I just do? I could have gone to bed 20 minutes ago. And then when I wake up, my phone is my alarm, so I'll grab it, and I'm like, oh, look at texting me. Try as best you can to keep your phone away from the table is next to your bed because you will be on that phone all night, especially if you watch things on your phone. You'll just keep watching episode after episode, not realizing the time you waste. Um, the last one, follow your plan, but do not be a slave to it. We've said this a lot of times. I think it's so important um, to make a plan, but it's ultimately the Lord that's going to guide our steps. And I think when we make a plan, we get to consult the Holy Spirit. We get to pray with the Lord and say, okay, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Um, and he gets to allow us to do that. And so I think when things pop up, like if you're planning on going to bed and a high school girl calls you or a high school boy calls you at 1 a.m. and is like, I need to talk. I'm having a really hard night. Talk to that girl. Like, or talk to that boy. Um, I'm not saying like, oh, no, it's not on the schedule. Like, like I can't talk to you. Don't do that. Please um, Yeah. Let me schedule you in. But when you're in tune with the Lord and when you take a Sabbath, you're more in tune with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to prompt you and say, go talk to him. Or go talk to her. And then you can do it. But there are other times where someone needs you and you're kind of like, I don't know, I feel like you could solve that on your own. You can say no to that and that's okay. But we have to be in tune with the Lord in order to be able to say yes or no to those things. So I think not being a slave to our schedule, don't be a person that like walks around with your planner and you're like, oh, I need to pencil you in. Oh, I have 15 minutes, can't do that. Like, be flexible, but also know that planning your time is a great way to honor do ministry God. and yeah. honor God. Yeah. Sweet. Um, before we do questions, because I just want to explain this because um, so that when you leave, you're not confused. On the back of it, there is a schedule with each day, and there's time slots like I kind of alluded to. I would love for you guys today to do that um, at some point and just kind of fill out your schedule and, um, and like do it in small increments. Like If it's something that's only going to take a half hour, don't put it in a block that's like for two hours because that's not being smart. Um, and that way you can kind of just see where you spend your time. And then you can almost do, so I would suggest maybe making your schedule of how do I spend my time now, and then maybe making one later of like, this is what I want my schedule to look like, and kind of see how you can work towards that. And you can highlight like the blocks yeah. of time that you have free that are unscheduled, highlight them so they stick out to you and be like, wow, there's a lot of time. If you didn't get a paper, I mean, there's like tons of stuff online, just type in like, weekly schedule template, or just make your own. Um, Definitely, like, we didn't put times on there because some people's days start at 5, some people's days start at 9. Um, but just highlight where you have open times and write down all the things that you need to have it, like time with Jesus and essential, contact work and essential, and then fill it in as you go after you yeah. fill in all of your must-dos, like class or job or any of those things. Great. Does anyone have any uh, questions about anything that was confusing or just specific. it could be out specific stuff or anything?
Yeah. yeah. I think this is a dumb question because I think deep down I don't want an answer. <laughs> but you said do anything that is restful on your Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm just a kind of a gray area, especially because in the Jewish law they're like, no, don't even breathe. Like, don't do yeah. anything. Yeah. So it's hard for me to discern like, what I should and shouldn't do. Like, like, can we do contact work? Like, can I go? Like, I like grocery shopping. Can yeah. I go to the grocery store? And, like, can I take a middle school girl? Kind of stuff like that. Like, yeah. I don't really, I don't really know. Yeah. No, I think it's all about your heart behind it, and I think it's all about your mindset. So for you, if you wake up and you're like, man, like, it would just be the joy of my heart to go hang out with this girl in grocery shop, do it. And I have a girl that, like, she's basically our co-leader, and it would be restful for me to hang out with her. But if it's a kid that you are like, oh, you're really hard to love, Uh, don't go ask them to hang out because you're probably not going to feel restful after that. But if you feel rested after hanging out with a certain person, and if it happens to be a high school or middle school kid, then go for it. Um, so definitely, like, I don't think, and that's what I don't want is, like, don't put limitations on, like, oh, like, if Ian does contact work, he's not resting. It's like, no, like, for Ian, that could be really restful. Just like when Dave works out and I don't, I don't have to work out on my Sabbath because that is not restful for me. But Dave enjoys it, and it's his hobby. So definitely just examine your heart behind it, and if it's yeah. restful, then do it. It's a good question, though. Yeah. Any other questions? Comments? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, In regards to, like, coaching, how do you, how did you find rest, like, in the middle of the season? Because it's super hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, during the season, so she's asking, basically, with coaching, how do you rest while coaching? Um, It's challenging. And that's where I think you just got to learn. You got to make sacrifices. Um, And that's where I think what Katie talked about, like, Sometimes just, like, looking at her Sabbath and, like, what does it mean? Um, So, like, for me, sometimes I always wanted to try to get a day or a half day, but sometimes, like, I didn't plan well. So, like, it was more of, like, I need to go spend three hours and worship and spend time with the Lord. And that was my rest. Um, Or sometimes it was longer than that. Like, I always shot for a lot longer. But it's also just, like, understanding, like, man, sometimes um, we just don't plan well enough or whatever. And, um a lot of that just comes down to also you have to, may have to sacrifice time with friends. Um, and that comes down to what you prioritize as what's the most important use of that time. 